This is episode number 95 with Christine Hassler. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. And I've got a question for you. Have you ever set yourself an expectation so high to only come out the other end feeling extremely disappointed that the expectation was not met? Uh, I've done that thousands of times and (laughs) it's getting a lot better as I get older, as I learn how to set expectations the right way and how to understand how to deal with the expectation hangover that I might have uh, and how to go through it in a way that works for me, that way that's healthy. So we've got Christine Hassler on today, who's the author of Expectation Hangover, Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life. And we're going to recover a lot of things to dive into this topic because I feel like so many people set these expectations specifically in relationships or on dates or in their business or whatever it may be with their family. They're setting these expectations, they're not being met, and then they don't know how to deal with the uh, unmet expectation. They don't know how to deal with the feelings that they have, the resentment, the anger, the frustration, whatever it may be. So we're going to be diving into the role of expectations in searching for greatness, defining what an expectation hangover actually is, what it is not, a system for being with the pain of a breakup, the differences between releasing and recycling emotions, and also coping strategies, what works and what does not work with an expectation hangover. So I'm very excited to dive into this topic with Christine Hassler. Now, before we jump in, I want to talk about a a quick little fun fact about me today. And a lot of you guys are approaching me in person and saying that you like the facts. So I'm going to keep doing the facts for a while. Fun fact about me, it's my sister, Catherine. I've got two older sisters, but one of my sisters, Catherine, it was her birthday last week. And it reminded me Big shout out to the big sis, Catherine, the one who let me uh, sleep on our couch when I was down and out a number of years ago. But it reminded me of my first kiss. You know, we're talking about relationships here, the expectation hangover. It reminded me of my first kiss. And I was in eighth grade. I actually had my first kiss. It was kind of like a peck in seventh grade. I was like terrified. I was so scared. Um, but my real first kiss was in eighth grade with a girl named Catherine Catrone, a sweetheart of a girl. And I was living, I was at a boarding school in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was outside on a bench by the middle school uh, girls dorm. So it was a co-ed school and uh, there were there were uh, um, dorms on both sides of the campuses. So it was like late at night, <laughs> snuck out and like kissed her. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, my question for you guys is, do you remember your first kiss and what it was like, go ahead and share with me on Twitter at Lewis House if you do, uh, and bring back that memory. I thought it was just fun. So big shout out to Catherine Catrone for my first kiss. And uh, let's go ahead and dive into this expectation hangover with Christine Hassler. (laughs) 
I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PUREleaf. That's promo code 20PUREleaf for 20% off. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for coming back on the School of Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Lewis Howes, and I got Christine Hassler on. What's up, Christine? Hey, Lewis. Good to see you. I'm so happy to be here. I am pumped because we've been friends for how long now? Like two, three years, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And I think we met through AJ, right? AJ Yeager, yeah. Yeah. And uh, or also Alyssa Rankin mm-hmm. and like a few other people. Um, and we've had some interesting conversations, talk about a lot of fun things. We've been talking about relationships recently because I've... I've dived into one, and so I'm asking everyone about it. But you got a new book out called Expectation, Hangover, Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life. And this is a very powerful book for everyone because a lot of us have expectations. Mm -hmm. At least I know my entire life I've always set high expectations for myself and want to achieve certain things. And the interesting thing is I've had a hangover in the past when I didn't achieve it, but also when I did achieve the expectation. Yep. That's kind of crazy. So yep. So let's first talk about what can we expect from this book? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's actually a chapter of what to expect. Um, and I'll just back up and, and formally define an expectation sure. hangover, okay. which is when you don't achieve your expected result or you do achieve your expected result or outcome, but you don't but have it, the feeling. But it wasn't what you thought yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't what you thought. It didn't turn out like you planned. Or life throws you an unexpected curveball. And we're left with kind of hangover-like symptoms. You know, we yeah. have a sense of regret. Our head is aching, maybe not a physical headache, but from all the thinking and rethinking. We're spinning in confusion. We lack motivation. And it's a real sense of disappointment. And it, it interrupts our productivity. We get disconnected. And it slows so much of us down. After the event happens, it slows us down from the next thing or? From everything. Yeah. Because if you think about disappointment, we personalize it. 
Okay. Right. So anytime we're disappointed, either we disappoint ourselves because the person we're often hardest on is ourselves. Sure. I know that's been true for me. Sure. Or we're disappointed by another. We tend to make it personal. Mm. We tend to think take it personally. Take it personally. Yeah. Totally. Get defensive. Take it personally. I did something we, wrong. Right. Right. So if you're if my girlfriend hypothetically doesn't do something I want her to do, or I'm expecting to think that she should do, or whatever, if I have that expectation, then I'm going to take it personally. Exactly. I'm going to get frustrated, Yes. angry, defensive, yes. guarded yes. if I have that expectation. Yeah, if you if you attach to it. Yes, See, the attach thing, the result, yeah. The thing about expectations is that there's huge attachment. An expectation is much different than a goal. I'm all for goals and having intentions and, and all of that. But there's this sense of um, weighted obligation that comes with any expectation. And we hold out for this feeling or, or a performance from someone else or something. And that's what sets us up for the disappointment. And disappointment is totally a normal part of life. I don't know any human being who's escaped the experience of disappointment. Sure. And I don't think it's so bad. you know. And that's one of the things, coming back to your question about what we can expect from this book, I want to take the shame off of disappointment. Because it's been through my greatest disappointments that I've grown the most. I've had to have some major, major, major expectation hangovers Mm -hmm. to get me more on an aligned path, the path that's more created from my authentic self and not my ego. Because we all are addicted to control and certainty. Yeah, of course. Being in control, being right. Yes. All those things. Yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, Experiencing disappointment is a powerful feeling and we don't always have to be positive and have everything go our way. Mm-hmm. I think the joy of life is having some contrast to, you know, the great things. It's, it's having things that aren't going so great so you can strive for greater things, right? Exactly. When I go to Bali, I go to Bali a lot and it's hot, super hot. I'm always sweating. And I notice the Balinese people, they don't really sweat that much. They're never complaining really? about the heat. Why? Hotter than LA, in Palm Springs. Well, they—it's it's hot, it's sticky, it's humid. It's humid. Yeah. But the Balinese people have never left Bali. They don't know any other weather oh. than hot. I know it's hot and my body reacts to it because I know cold, you know, I know the contrast. So the human experience, we learn through contrast. Uh You know, we know hot because we know cold. We know joy because we know sorrow. And I think that one of the things, like I've been in the personal growth industry for almost a decade. And one of my pet peeves, I guess, is that everything's supposed to be happy-go-lucky, positive all the time. And that leads us to an expectation hangover. You know, in the book, I talk about the coping skills that don't work. Often when you're in the midst of an expectation hangover, like let's say someone just broke up with you or your business just failed or something like that, affirmations in a pep talk aren't really going to get you so far. Yeah, you, you know? got to have, have a time period yes. where you can just be in your experience of feeling however you want to feel, right? Yep. If you feel shitty, then you can feel that way for a certain amount of time. Now, obviously, you don't want to be doing that for a couple of years probably. No. Do you recommend, like say someone broke up with you. I have a friend of mine who... Uh, they just broke up, uh, two friends of mine actually, and he's heartbroken mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't know what to do. He's just kind of having this, mm-hmm. these feelings of disappointment, of frustration, of, of confusion, of why. And what would you recommend someone like that who's going through a breakup? Um, how long to give yourself this time mm-hmm. of experiencing your experience of whatever's coming up for you where you want to eat whatever, you want to say whatever, you want to be frustrated? Is there... 
a system someone could follow? Is it 24 <laughs> yes. hours? Then you go back to being positive. <laughs> is it six months? You know, what is the system? Well, I think the time is different for everybody, okay. but the system is something I really break down in the book. Okay. And the first, you know, I, the book is broken down into, you know, what sets up expectations and the hangover, then uh-huh. the treatment plan on the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual level. So the first is the emotional because that's the one everybody wants to avoid. Everybody wants the to emotional. kind of, yeah, like really processing the emotions because... So, Lewis, what I've learned in my own life and working with so many people at this point is the difference between releasing and recycling emotions. And most people recycle them, which means, let's say I have a cry or your friend who just broke up, you know, like, because men cry too. Men have have hearts and feelings. And I love that more men like you are making it okay for vulnerability Uh and emotions. Um, But most people, when they have a good cry or whatever, they process their emotions, they have an analyzer going. So there's one part of them that's feeling it. And then there's another part that's go, when is this going to be over? Why am I feeling this way? What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, and that just recycles it. So part the of analyzing. the analyzing, the judging, the wanting it to be different, the um, kind of going into victim mentality. Yes. Why, why, why? Like when people ask me, why did this happen? I'm like, wrong question. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure, later in our talk. Um, but when you're releasing feelings, you're just letting yourself have the emotion Okay, so here's why therapy and coaching and things work. You're with someone that's holding a place of compassion. So a good therapist or coach will hold a loving space of compassion, no judgment, no analyzing, no diagnosing, but will just hold this place space of compassion so that the person can have their feelings and they can emote. So the, what we're doing in therapy or coaching or whatever is modeling for the person how to be with themselves. Because there's always a part of us that's going through the feeling, and then there's this other part of us that's so compassionate and so loving. And so when we're having the feeling, like going through a breakup or going through grief of any time, there's one part of us that's having the feeling, and then there's another part that's like, it's okay. Just let it out. It's okay. So for anyone right now going through a breakup or a loss of any kind, give yourself that. Use the tools in the book. I talk about release writing. There's another tool called the temper tantrum technique where I'm, um, because that was my biggest roadblock. You know, I was on antidepressants for 20 years of my life. So learning how to process emotions has been a big part of it. Yeah. And whenever you try to, you know, the thing you're learning the most, you become a great teacher at because you've like researched everything, you've tried everything and you know it works. So uh, that's why I know this is going to be an awesome book for people to dive into. Did you talk about, I, I think you briefly mentioned this, but what are the three types of hangovers? Did you mention that already? There's- yeah. So it's when um, a desired result does not occur or the desired result does occur and you don't have the feeling uh-huh. that you want from it. It doesn't sound like you planned right. or an unexpected curveball. Yeah. And there are situations. Yeah. Those are the three. And then, so there are situational expectation hangovers, interpersonal expectation hangovers, and then the ones we put on ourselves. Okay. So it's like someone else lets us down, a situation in life lets us down, or we let ourselves down. And on page 17, you talk about be, do, have, the process of being, mm-hmm. doing, and then having. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expect to have something first before mm-hmm. they are being a certain way and then creating what they want to get the result. Right. Can you talk about that? Yes. We live very outside in. We expect. We expect. It's things like, to come to us. Yes. And then it's going to feel that way. Like once I get this job, I'll then happy. I'll be happy. Once my business takes off, then I won't have anxiety. Once I have a boyfriend, then I'll feel good about myself. Then I'll feel loved. And, Whatever. Yeah. 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 The once, then, if, then, blah, blah, blah. 
And the thing with, you know, let's, let's take the law of attraction, for example. You know, I also talk about in the book, the flaw with the law of attraction, because mm-hmm. you can long for things and want things and have 40 million vision boards all over your yeah. home. But if inside you aren't being that yes. and you don't, you have misunderstandings and limiting beliefs about worthiness or not enoughness, then it's not going to work. Sure. It's not so going to just show up. It's not just going to show up. We we have to create those internal experiences. You know, I talk about form versus essence. Uh-huh. You know, we get so obsessed with the form, the package we want things to come in that we're like, wow, like I, why don't I just feel this way right now? You know, one of my biggest breakthroughs. So as the author of a book on expectation hangovers, I've become an expert on them, which means I've had to have You've had a lot many, of expectations. Many. I'm like, I'm not writing another book about disappointment. <laughs> um, but one thing that, that I have really, really, truly learned is that within each of these, it's like milking them for all they're worth. And one of them was going through a divorce. Uh-huh. And I remember just really suffering over- Which is a big expectation Which is a over. big, oh my gosh, on so many <laughs> levels, right? Uh, but I remember one day when I was really suffering over being single. And I thought, wait a second. The only reason I'm suffering is because I think it would be better if I wasn't. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Right. So for anyone listening right now, whatever you think you want, how do you unequivocally know it would be better if you had it? Yeah. And whatever you think you're going to get from that experience, the feeling of connection or the feeling of prosperity or confidence or whatever it is, what can you do in your life right now? To have it now. To, yeah, to generate to that feeling, to be it. And then that's when you attract yes. what's truly for your highest good. And that's the other thing about surrender. Surrender is one of those sexy spiritual words. It's like, oh, I surrender. It is hard. It is hard to surrender. Because, for control freaks, it's hard to let oh, go. For control freaks, for planners, for high achievers, uh-huh. it's like, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Um, but it's only when we surrender to like what is truly for our highest good uh-huh. and moving into full acceptance. Yeah. In chapter three, talk about what doesn't work. And I'm wondering what I'm thinking about here. These questions now, the so coping can, strategies that don't yes, work. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk? Can you share a few of these? Yeah. So m- most commonly, when people have an expectation hangover, they do things like drinking more, ah. which is no bueno because alcohol is a depressant. So if you already are feeling crappy and then you pour right. alcohol into your system, it's like you're going on a hike with a 40 pound backpack, <laughs> you know, unless you want the extra workout. Um, trying to replace it with something else like super quick. Okay. Like, like if, I, yeah, yeah. if I broke up with someone, let me just, you know, don't uh, what, up with someone else. Yeah, what's that quote? The best way to get over someone is someone, under under yeah, someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that not so much. <laughs> it does not work, especially for the ladies. It does not work. Um, and and then the spiritual bypass is a big one. Also, like, oh well, this is all happening for a reason. I'll just look mm. to the blessings right away and like meditate my way out of it. But if you haven't processed your feelings so and started jump to being positive, right jump away. to being positive, or just think that they can meditate or chant or say, you know, do whatever or do yoga every day. And I love all those things. I meditate. I chant. I do yoga. But I also process my feelings, change my mental patterns, you know, shift my behavior, right. those kinds of things. Yeah. So it's like we aren't taught these things in school. I mean, I, I mean, I ace, none of this. None of this. I ace calculus. It did me no good. Right. I wish somebody would have told me how to deal with my emotions. Got to be train some, my brain. We've got to get into some type of emotional intelligence training for in education. Yes. Something. One class. Like. So people understand the basics of this. I yes, feel like, that's right? part of my long term vision. That's good. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Cool. So those are some of the coping strategies that don't work. Um, the spiritual bypass one is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. What does work then? Well, 
it, it, the last section of the book, I talk about, you know, more the transformational tools and some of uh-huh. the quick fixes that work. But first, you got to go through the whole treatment plan. Okay. So the treatment plan in this book, like I mentioned before. The treatment plan, the four areas. The four areas. The yeah. Plan. Yeah. The emotional, mental, behavioral, spiritual in that order. Because emotional, mm-hmm. mental, behavioral, behavioral spiritual. spiritual. Okay. Right? Why in that order? Because we want to avoid emotion. That's the thing uh-huh. that we want to avoid the most. And that's the most unaccepted thing in our society and, and the most um, misunderstood. We either identify with our emotions and, be, and drown in them or suppress them. Mm. And oh my gosh, suppressing emotion is so toxic. It's so hazardous to our health. Mm. It's, you know, I think it's why so many people end up angry or irritable or sick or whatever. Because if you think about it, so anger. You can't express. Yeah. It's all bottled it up all and then it comes out. bottles up or it comes out some way or it just ends up toxic. You know, emotions, yeah. energy. And if you don't express that in a healthy way, then it's going to, you know, manifest wow. in some other direction. So, yeah. you know, so many people that come to me with migraines or depression, for example, depression is suppression. I mean, that's mm. what it is. Now, granted, there are some people that chemically are diagnosed and need medication and things like that. You know, I'm not saying that that depression is a made up thing, but I think so many people that report being depressed are really just suppressing their not emotion. expressing their emotions. Exactly, exactly. So that's why so much of the book's dedicated to tools to teach people how to do that. And then on the mental level, it really is. I mean, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. It's rewiring our brain. Yeah. Only three to five percent of our behavior is actually conscious, motivated by conscious thought. Mm. So so much of our thoughts and it's behavior automatic. is is automatic. And you know, our ways of thinking have sh- literally shaped our brain. And uh, you know, I'm kind of a nerd. I I won the science fair when I was 15. No way. Yeah, I did. I did. I, what was it? It was the psychology. A volcano? No, it wasn't a volcano. Come, <laughs> that's lame. Come on. I'm more creative than that. It was um, the psychology of color in relation to personality oh, types. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I did all the statistical testing. I, it was, I graphs. It was really funny. That reminds me of What the Bleep or something. Was that the movie What the Bleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like the words on the water or something like that? Oh, with the, yeah. With, Is that what it was? I where think so. Words, they put words on like frozen water or something and then it like turned into like cool crystals it was yes, love yes 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 ugly different energies yeah yeah interesting yeah so it's kind of like that with colors with colors and yeah and um, wow but like how different colors create different behavior and, and things like wow. that so i've always loved science and so i talked to a lot of neuroscientists and neurologists about you know brains and one of the things i learned is that repetitive thoughts create these grooves in our brain One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all 
already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so if we have the repetitive thought, like a repetitive negative thought that life is hard or something like that, no matter what happens, our brain is going to default to that that wiring. And so we we have to take our brain to the gym just like we take our bodies to the gym. Right. So the analogy that I use is that, um, and I never know if this is an analogy or metaphor, so if you know, you correct me, please. <laughs> um, imagine that you have a house and a field and you want to drive a truck to that house, but the field is covered with rocks and bushes and trees and it's like super bumpy. So the first time you drive the truck to that house, it's going to be pretty bumpy and you have to concentrate and hang on. But if you drove the same truck down the same path day after day, what would happen? Uh, it would get smoother. It would, yeah, it would grooves would form. Yeah, yeah. yeah, naturally. And if you wanted to go a different route, you'd have to really concentrate and steer uh-huh. off of that. And that's what we have to do with our thoughts, especially mm. during our expectation hangover. So on each of these levels... So I, we fall back into automatic usually is what you're to- saying. We fall back into the automatic groups. The and truck we just wanna, wants to go down that lane. Path. And if we want to go... If we want to really experience it to move past it in a healthy way, we've got to go through the bumps is what you're saying. We got to go through the bumps and we got to get off the, the, the beaten path gotcha. and rewire our brain. That's a good yeah. metaphor analogy. Yeah, well, well th- I love those things. The um, other one that I use on each of these levels is something called role playing RX because uh-huh. I've, I've learned as a, as a yeah, coach. Yeah, I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. So what, it, so what is role playing RX? Role playing RX is... Um, so my creativity expresses through my writing. Like I can't draw, I can't sing, like any of yeah. those things. So I get kind of creative in my in my tools and techniques that I teach, sure. and that you know I use on myself. I'm my best client for sure. Sure. Um, but role playing RX, I, I found that when I use particular roles to pe- put people in that they're familiar with, they can transform and use the tools more easily. Okay. So on the emotional level, you become the surfer. You know, and you learn to ride the waves of your emotion, you know, and you learn to use your your surfboard, which is your compassion, and you learn to not fight the waves that are coming and really ride an emotion all the way to the beach. Right. So and I talk a lot about that. On the mental level, you're the horseback rider because from my perspective, our mind is like this galloping crazy stallion, right? It's just going off. But we are the horseback rider. Especially with women. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe you're mine. <laughs> so we're the horseback rider, though. You know, we have the reins. We can direct uh-huh. the, the galloping horse. And and one thing I just want to say to people, um, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about meditation and, and about working on the mental level mm-hmm. that if your mind isn't quiet, you're not meditating. And people say, oh, I can't meditate because my mind isn't quiet. The process of meditation is really being that horseback rider, really mm. reining the mind back using, you know, going, whoa, and, and reframing. And it's not about totally being 
absent of thought. So don't sure. put that expectation on yourself. Sure. Interesting. Okay. So we got this role playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how would I do it myself then? If we're going to role play. Well, you take it on. Myself? Like you're the horseback say, rider. So I go through each section of the hangover or the, uh, the mental, the uh, behavioral, each part of it first? So what happens is, so in the book, like on the emotional level, I teach mm-hmm. kind of the, the role plan RX, which is like you're a surfer. So as you're using so these tools. I take tools, it on myself. Yeah, I don't do it with it someone on, else. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. It's, just, it's just an analogy so that you can use the tools better. Okay. So that like when you're learning to, you know, use the temper tantrum technique, which uh-huh. is taking an emotion all the way through, you're sort of thinking about being a surfer and riding the waves and of that emotion it. and not fighting it, gotcha. really surrendering. Because so sense. much about surfing is surrendering, right? Yeah. You know, having some direction, but really surrendering to whatever wave comes in. Yeah, you're not in control. The you're not in control, right? And we want to control our emotions. So we don't wow. want to, you know, we want to let those go. Interesting. Okay. So in the emotional, let me go over the emotional section really quickly. Okay. Uh, you have an acronym for fine what's fine stand for feelings inside not expressed Interesting. i'm fine i'm, f- I'm fine um, feelings I'm fine. inside not expressed yeah i'm fine yeah i'm fine when somebody yeah, when i'm right. like how are you people are like i'm fine i'm like hmm feelings really? inside not expressed yeah but how do we you know with society how do we really share our feelings when we're just saying hi to someone really quickly or for a few moments, or we're about to get into something, should we really go into our feelings? Well, I think that it doesn't have to be like our deepest, darkest feelings, but right. I think we can share about joy and excitement too. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm doing great. I'm really excited about blah, blah, blah. Or, sure. you know, I'm really grateful. Gratitude is another feeling. Like, it's, it's, it's not that we have to be, you know, emotionally vulnerable all the time. I think we have to sure. pick and choose who sure. we're that way with. Sure. But I think most of us, Lewis, we're just disconnected half the time. Mm. Like, how are you as a programmed sure. thing? You so know? what's another way we can connect with someone without saying, how are you? Eye contact. Just looking at someone in the eye and checking in. You know, one of the things when I really want to connect with someone, I'll just look and I'll just say, hi, it's good to see you. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? What are you, or yeah. what are you excited about? Or what, what's the latest thing that you've learned or something like yeah. that, you know? Um, but not feel like we, we have to do that. Hey, how are you? Not going just automatic. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's amazing just, and you're really good at this, just... What eye contact does mm-hmm. to seeing someone, we all just want to be seen. I don't care how successful you are. Right. We're all little kids inside. Of course. And we just want to be seen. And play. And play. And yeah, that's fun. a big part too. And have fun. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the things that work in terms of expectation hanging. Right? Play, creativity. Exactly. Because if you think about it, like think about like the songs and the movies and the art that we love it, a lot of it's come from people's heartbreak and people's greatest disappointment so that's another thing you can do with your expectation hangover create, create. Yeah. channel it into something create something um so how do you truly experience your emotions well a lot of what i've kind of said before not recycle them not recycle them. Give yourself full permission. So what the temper tantrum technique is, as I basically teach adults sound, how to have exactly a temper tantrum. Yes. So let's just let's just picture this. So <laughs> all of us probably have seen a little kid, or maybe uh-huh. some of you listening have a child. You've seen them have a temper tantrum. And if you I had don't one a couple weeks ago. Did you really? I don't have to be a kid. We didn't have to get it on you could be any age. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. we were we even though we grow up, we still have these emotions. Sure. Like I don't age doesn't opt us out of having right, feelings. Right. 
But if you watch a little kid and you don't interrupt them and they have a temper tantrum, you know, they get upset, they scream, they yell, then they sob, and then they kind of go to light sob that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then they calm down. And then they, cal- and then they soothe themselves, they rock themselves, they self-soothe, which is another thing we've forgotten how to do, and then they want ice cream. Then they're fine. And they're fine. Yep. And they can let it go. They can let it go. Not bottle it up and then explode into something crazy later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in a lot, yeah. a lot of times in men, it comes more explosive. And in yeah. women, it comes out and forms like irritability, bitchiness, those kinds of things. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So now, I used to cry a lot as a kid. Like mm-hmm. probably every day. Aww. Until I was like eight or nine probably. For whatever reason. Not feeling seen. Not feeling appreciated. Getting hurt. Like yeah. all sorts of different stuff, right? I was always, I remember screaming in the middle of the night, a couple nights a week, wow. like screaming for my mom, right? Mm. So this is, I don't think I've really told anyone this, mm. um, but I used to cry a lot. My mom, I, would, I could not go to sleep until my mom was in bed with me and I had my arm around her and then I could mm. fall asleep. Mm. And I don't really feel like I need to cry anymore. Like over the last year, I've gone through like a journey of opening up about a lot of stuff in my mm-hmm. past and I've cried a lot. Yeah. But I don't feel, in general, I feel like I don't need to have a, a, a temper tantrum or right. I don't need to you cry. Pro- right. I, cr- I allow myself to cry when I'm watching a movie that really inspires me or moves me or when I'm feeling like someone's going through something that really touches me, mm-hmm. I definitely will go there. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like on a daily basis, like when I was a child, yeah. like I need to cry and scream. Like I did so much when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, and not everybody does. Yeah. I mean, this is a lot of these techniques are, you know, and there's another tool on the emotional level called release writing, which is more of a journaling process. Um, these are, you know, processing that heavy emotion is like when we're in the midst of an expectation hangover. A big expectation yeah. or an expectation hangover in general. But if you don't set expectations, then you may not have to do it. Well, and that's kind of impossible. But the thing is though, <laughs> life's going to throw us unexpected curveballs. So sure. even if we have Either no way. expectations, like Things we're going to have up, something. We're going to feel like, oh, yeah. this sucks. And like, I think as little kids, we are more open and we are more sensitive. I mean, from a spiritual perspective, we're really just wide open psychically yeah. until about seven. Um, that's kind of when the veil drops, they say. So, we start you know, guarded and yeah, and questioning you're, you're and analyzing. Totally. And, and we become kind of less empathic. You know, Jeez. we're also empathic as kids and we move out of love to, to more fear. And why? Well, because of conditioning, because of beliefs, because, and this is what's so exciting about our generation is we're starting to shift the consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so exciting to be alive at this time. I love being alive at this time because, yeah. you know, we're having conversations like this where in the past it was more based on survival and we're evolving out of just surviving right now. Mm. You know, for so long we had to be afraid because we might have been attacked. And it's taken the human civilization a long time to evolve out of survival. And I think this is one of the, to get philosophical here, you know, I, I help a lot of people. A lot of people that come to me are women. And women who go through breakups, oh my gosh, like they really struggle. And so as I've been reflecting on my own and they analyze and, and, but here's what it triggers. It triggers survival because if you think about it back in the day, women needed a man to survive. Right. So even though we don't anymore, like again, only three to 5% of our thinking is conscious. We still have that kind of unconscious programming. Yeah. 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 And so as we're evolving out of that, we're going to need less and less fear yet that's still been our conditioning. So, so much of what kind of the doorway of transformation expectation hangover opens is to move out of fear and oh. move back into love. Interesting. Okay. 
Uh, can you explain the beach ball analogy? <laughs> talking a lot about emotions so the beach ball is me too um the beach ball is like okay so you've been in a swimming pool right of course okay have you ever tried to hold it okay there you go have you ever tried to hold an inflated beach ball underwater it's impossible it's impossible well it's hard it's very hard you can sit and kind of bounce for a minute but then it's like gonna fly up somewhere and splash you in the face and Uh you know and that's what we try to do with our emotions we try to hold them under the water yep and it takes a lot of energy it's a lot of energy yeah yeah interesting okay so don't try to hold your emotions under the surface. Okay. <laughs> no. And you, you mentioned uh, release writing from, with journaling. Yes. So if, if I am having these feelings and maybe I don't feel like expressing them verbally, another way that I can release these emotions is through writing it all down, right? Yes, but this is a specific technique that's a little different than journaling because journaling is more reflective and oftentimes yes. you keep it and you want to look back. Release writing is a way to purge. So it's like, fuck you, uh, yeah, I hate you. You write as fast as, yeah, yeah. This you is just, the worst thing. Exactly. You screwed me over. This is blah. Yeah, it's all the blah. <laughs> it's all the blah. And it's really good for stress. This is something that a lot of my entrepreneur clients use a lot when they're feeling like really stressed or whatever. They'll just get a pen and start writing really, 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 really fast and just get it all out. All their fears, all their limiting beliefs, everything, and then oh burn it. Oh my gosh. I have, a, I have a, a vivid memory of going through a really hard breakup, getting back together, breaking up from a previous relationship of mine where I remember typing an email probably a few times where I was just like <laughs> beating on the keyboard. I remember I'll be typing so fast and like so angry. Yeah. And then I would be like, <laughs> I was like typing whatever like nasty stuff. And then I would just start like going like this and that would be in the email. Okay, all the like, like, like typing everywhere. Perfect. Not making any sense. And then I would go back into typing a few words like, I hate you. <laughs> You're so mean to me. And uh, yep. I can't remember if I sent those or not. I hope not. <laughs> I probably did some because I didn't have any control then. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't want to get our anger out yes. at other people. No. It's so much better. So don't to, yeah. send it to anyone. Yeah, don't Do send it, it and then look Burn at it, it and delete it. Rip it up. Yeah. Delete yeah. it or remove or. Yeah. <laughs> Burn, it. Burn it. And it's actually really good to do by hand, too, because handwriting triggers your Gosh. right brain, which is. Like, yeah, scribbling. <laughs> you break pencils. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also talk about. This is bringing up a lot for me right now. You also talk <laughs> about. I the AC on. <laughs> you, you, you talk about uh, making a date with your feeling exercises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? So like, a lot of times people are like, if they get triggered or really upset, you know, like all of a sudden I'm in Whole Foods and my memory of my breakup comes up or something like that. You can't just break down in Whole Foods, right? Screaming, wailing, crying. I mean, you could, I've but you'd probably, get, like, <laughs> you'd probably get like, you'd probably get carried away. Screaming in a place where I'm mad and dumb. Just scare people. <laughs> what happens? People just look like a big, weird white dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's LA, so maybe it's more. They're like, oh, he must be either crazy or an actor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now I totally lost the question. What was the question? Oh, making making a date date. with your feelings. So if you have like a feeling coming up, what you can say to it is like, okay, anger, okay, sadness. Like, I feel you. I can't deal with you right now. So I'm going to make a date with you. And at nine o'clock tonight, I'm going to journal about this or something like that. Because we have to break the habit of suppression, just like we have to break our habits mentally. We've got to break how we break our habits of how, how we suppress emotions. So let's say I go through one of these exercises or all of them and a tantrum, tantrum, how do you say Temper it? tantrum, temper tantrum, writing in the journal, mm-hmm. uh, role playing with myself, all these different things. And I still have these emotions come up. Mm-hmm. Like when is it over? Well, okay. So the other part, because we haven't gotten to mental or behavioral or spiritual okay, yet, right? Wait for that. Then, yeah, yeah. So, but part of this, and this is the thing, if, 
they keep coming and keep coming, that means you're recycling. Uh, that means some part of you is judging. Oh. You know, and and okay. when we talk about the spiritual, we'll talk we'll about things like second. forgiveness and things. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll ask that question at the end. So the mental side of things, <clears throat> you mentioned this with the horseback rider. Mm -hmm. What's the woeing technique? Okay, so again, like our mind really responds well to our own pattern interrupts. Uh -huh. And when I tested this, everybody knows what the sound whoa sure. means. It's a whoa, slow down. So with a pattern interrupt, a lot of times like we can start going down a train of thought and we don't even realize we're going down this self-sabotage train till it's like way left the station. But eventually we realize we're on a bad train. And so in that moment, if we go, whoa, this is not the direction I want to go, then we can start to shift the, the thought and redirect it. So actually saying that internally in your mind helps break that pattern. Okay. So you say whoa to yourself yeah. when you start. Or even out loud if you're alone, you know, that helps. Yeah. Like what? Like, kind of a relaxed moment. Yeah. Exactly. Just like you would another person if they were coming at you, you know, sure. you'd be like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. You know, it's, it's right. that inner interrupt okay and what is pendulum thinking can you explain that? oh so this is kind of another thing like the the pattern interrupt something i see people do is they go from thinking you know i i'm a loser like i just got rejected uh -huh. or i'm gonna lose my business field or whatever and then someone's like oh just think positive and they're like well i'm awesome and I'm sorry, your brain doesn't go from I'm a loser to I'm awesome yeah, especially and believe when you're you. you're like broke and right. jobless and have no girl or boyfriend or whatever. Exactly. So, you're but like, you, I'm not awesome. You're not, I'm you're not a awesome. Loser. You're like, the evidence supports <laughs> yeah. that I'm not so awesome. Based right on now. results, I suck as a human. Exactly. But you, you can go a little more neutral. Like, I'm doing the best I can. Uh -huh. That just that simple thing, mm. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, and I'll do a little bit better tomorrow. Exactly. Or, Exactly. That often works way better than I'm awesome. Yeah, because you're not going to become a multimillionaire with the woman of your dreams overnight. Yeah. And even if you had that, you still might have an expectation hangover. Or you may lose it. Exactly. You may go bankrupt. You may lose the girl, whatever. Exactly. The outside things cannot be our, our sources of safety and security or okay. worthiness. So there's a couple of things on the mental side of things. So yep. on the behavioral, yeah, I've got a lot of points here. Um, What's the iceberg example? I, you know, this is something I've heard before, but for people that don't know the iceberg example. So that that's the visual example of what we've been talking about in terms of what's conscious and not conscious. So mm -hmm. there's only about 3 to 5% of our it's behavior that's above the surface that you can see, but we can shift it. Yeah. We can, I think, you know, like for people like you and I and a lot of people listening who've done work, a lot more does become conscious uh -huh. because you're willing to go look at what's been Underneath. unconscious. and Yeah, you're willing yeah. to go below the surface. Okay. And what's a great self-care plan? Well, a self-care plan that we do on the behavioral level is, you know, one of the things that happens in an expectation hangover is we start to lose trust and faith, right? And the person we often... In are, what? Everything. Ourselves, the universe, society, other people, whatever. society, whatever. Human beings in general. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We don't trust or believe in anyone. Yeah. We become hopeless, helpless. And cynical. That's another thing. Cynical. Yeah. And... When we have a self-care prescription, we start taking care of ourselves. We start to establish self-trust again. So in the book, I keep it really simple because I've learned that sometimes we need complex things and sometimes we need simple things. And so the self-care plan is to take an inventory of everything you're doing or not doing in your life in terms of behavior. Mm -hmm. Think of one thing to add, one thing to take off, and one thing to modify. In terms of behavior. In terms like of what? behavior. Diet exercise, um, social activity, any kind of like behavior patterns that you're in. One thing to add and one thing to take off. One thing to add, one thing to take off, and one thing to modify. 
Mm. You know, so for example, so like go get a manicure once a week. Yeah. would be something to add. Yeah. Take off drinking for uh-huh. 30 days, modify uh-huh. TV watching from six hours a week too. Cause you know, TV, alcohol, drugs, any of those things, they're just numbing devices. Yeah. They're, they're band-aids. They're not gonna, they're not gonna work in the long term, and you're just gonna have repeat expectation hangovers. That's what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. It's gonna be a different cast of characters, different scenery. Yeah. But you're gonna be back restarted. Interesting. You know, it's amazing. I used to watch a lot of TV. Yeah, me like, too. Tons of it, specifically you know, in high school and college. Actually, not that much in high school. In college, uh, I watched it all the time. And when I'd be injured, all I do is watch TV. Yeah. Like, stupid shows like road rules and real world and just drama oh, shows. Qu- that's quality television right? that's quality yeah just all of the bravo <laughs> shows like i just become addicted to drama and because it was interesting it was like something unique right and when i moved out of my sister's couch for a year and a half i was watching a lot of tv there but when i moved out of there i moved to my brother's place for a little bit and started watching less tv then i want to get my own my first place i didn't have a tv yeah and for about four years, I didn't have a TV. There might have been one in one of the places, but I didn't ever turn it on. It would be just to watch like Sports Center at like 11 o'clock at night to watch highlights. Yeah. And I realized that I was so focused and was able to like feel and experience things on a different level mm-hmm. when I just completely got rid of TV. Now I said, I'll go back and watch like shows from time to time. Like yeah. I love uh, House of Cards. Oh my gosh. Orange is the New show. Black. Like, so yeah. I'll watch like shows on demand. Yeah, me too. But um, it's more of like downtime for me. It's like watching a yeah. movie, which I really it's enjoy. It's relaxed time rather yeah. than numb out time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where I used to watch TV every night. Like mm-hmm. after practice, it'd be like TV from six till midnight. Yep. And I would never create anything or do anything. It was just like whatever I was loathing yeah. about. Yeah. I just watch TV and it, feel better. It, yeah. Well, it's, it's totally, it, it's like when we don't have other tools, we go to what we have. <sighs> the default, right? TV was mine too. I mean, you and I've talked about like, I, I was teased a lot growing up. I was bullied. Yeah. Um, and w- was really lonely for mm. most of my, you know, young life. And TV was it for me, you know, and yeah. I would just zone out into TV. And, and I know that I'm headed down like a bad behavioral path if I'm watching more TV. Um, because to me, that's feedback for I'm trying to avoid something. I'm trying to suppress something. I'm, not, trying to avoid I'm not looking at something. You're trying to avoid or, yeah, or I have an expect Yeah, I have an expectation hangover that I need to treat a little bit. Or I'm not, you know, mm. I'm just, that's, that's my feedback for when I'm numbing out from you know, really being on purpose. I'm almost on the opposite spectrum now where I'm like, I don't take enough downtime. So yeah. I'm like, when I am not watching TV ever, it's like, okay, well, let so me I'm just take tonight. <laughs> let me take the night and just kind of like watch yeah. a couple episodes and catch up on Glee. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> and Exactly. I love it. I love that you watch Glee, love Glee and like oh Road Rules. <laughs> I don't watch Road Rules anymore. anymore. <laughs> but now I watch Glee and I love Nashville. Any singing <gasps> shows. So I'm awesome. like a singing show freak. I love Nashville. I wish I could be on Broadway. Well, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past you. We may see you on Broadway. I mean, yeah, everything well. else you've done. If so I want to do it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'll sure do it. we'll see you on Broadway. <laughs> but I love those shows. I don't know what about is about them. Well, but, uh, it's just so much joy and creativity. Yeah. I think that that's part of it, and that's the thing. It's fun too. I'm it's like. so fun, and that's that's our natural essence, right? Yeah. Is to be that. But we have to go through some of these disappointments and learnings <laughs> and everything to to get to the other side of it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's a good self care plan. Make sure you're modifying adding and taking off something yep simple do we just we already talked about the compens, compensatory Compen- oh compensatory strategies we haven't yet okay so what is, what is i don't even know what compensatory well i can i made it up compensatory strategy compensatory yeah. strategy what is that yeah so this is another thing that again just well, we talked about this in the beginning 
I don't think we did. We before talked about the episode, before talked the episode. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. the episode, we did off the high air. achievers things yes. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So all of us. All right. So let me just kind of like I'm open it up for you. No, no, sure, you can open it up. Um, so all of us, when we're born, start off knowing we're whole, complete, perfect, right? We talked about how we start off in love, and then things happen. And we start to move out of love and into fear. We start, we get hurt. We see something that happens. We figure uh-huh. out that there's some way we need to be. We in give order trust to, get to someone. Love. Lose, we yeah. lose the trust. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, life happens to yes. all of us. We all have our stories. You know, I talk a lot about yes. our stories. Circumstances and stories. Right. So, as humans, because we have an ego, right? Uh-huh. We all have egos. Whenever we feel lack, we have to find a way to compensate. So, wherever we feel less than, we strive to find a way to can, to compensate for that. So mm. that's where these compensatory strategies came in. So the best way to explain it is just to tell you mine. So from being teased and being bullied and uh-huh. the I Hate Christine Club, when that happened, I formed the belief system that there's something wrong with me. Uh-huh. I'm unlikable. I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to have friends. Yeah. So I had to figure out some way to make up for that. My way was to be an overachiever. So I couldn't just get a 95. I had to get a 100. If there was yeah. extra credit, I had to get 104. You know, I was like so driven. So people were like, whoa, look at her. Exactly. Because if She's I, awesome. That's how I got my worth, right? Yeah. You know, I'm like, if no one's going to like me, I'm right. at least going to be super uber duper successful. Yeah. So the sneaky thing and the dangerous thing about these compensatory strategies is they are effective on what I call the goal line, right? Mm -hmm. They can make things happen. Like I was able to go to great college, move out to LA and be the youngest ever female agent, make things, make a lot of money in my life. But I was driven by this. It was, it was driven from a place of fear or a lack fear based drive. Yeah. I had the same thing. Yeah. Was yours overachiever? Is that yours? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, picked last on teams all the time, made fun of because I was tall and goofy and ugly and, and I was just like, screw everyone, I'm going to become the best. Yeah, well. You, they're all going to be laughing. And look at it. I bet they're, I bet they're laughing now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're well, laughing. I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing, laughing at all you. <laughs> screw yeah. you all. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and that's what drove me, you know, I was really ignorant in school. Uh-huh. I couldn't focus or get a C to save my life. But I knew my talent was sports and I became really good at that. So I was like, I'm going to become the best at every sport yep. and beat everyone and everyone's going to lose and I'm going to win. I'm yeah. going to show them all. And yeah. that ended up working for me in terms of being a great athlete and winning, but it left me feeling very empty, mm-hmm. very lonely, mm-hmm. very emotionally challenged and frustrated and angry and have a huge expectation, expectation yes. hangover. It, yeah. And that's what these compensatory yeah. strategies do. They, they get, get the us goal. somewhere on the outside. Yeah. yeah. But the inside that we're looking yeah. for doesn't happen. So, so we mentioned ours, high achiever. Some other ones are being a people pleaser. Yep. Like thinking that you get love and acceptance from people pleasing or kind of being a chameleon. This is really common among women too. Doing like doing what people do. want you to yeah. do. That's how you get your worth. Being a control freak. Like, you, you know, I'm not going to be let down because I'm just going to be total type A and put everything uh-huh. in my control. Um, an approval seeker. Like always doing things for validation. Always needing kind of that like outside approval recognition. Yeah. The performance or comedian, you know, I, I see a lot of people that as soon as things get intimate or vulnerable, all of a sudden they throw in a joke, you know, and right. they, they don't want to go there. Or they or the people that make fun of themselves. Yes, self-deprecation. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Comedians. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Look at someone like Robin Williams, you know, we, yeah. we, we don't know what's going on on the inside with sure. a lot of those things. Um, the rescuer or caretaker, you know, I'm not going to look at me, I'm just going to take care of everyone else. Mm-hmm perfectionist. I mean, there's a lot of them. They're all in the book and you, you sure, know, you can sure. figure out which one yours is. And, and we can be combinations of them too. Yeah. Cause I see myself in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So we talked about those and 
what do we do when we realize which one we are? Like once we see, okay, we, we've been some of these before or we are some of these, mm-hmm. then what do we do with that? Okay, so then, see our compensatory strategies, right, just are because we think we lack something. And really my whole, one of my main messages that if I could you know, have everybody know one thing, it's that there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. There's just nothing wrong with right. you at all. Right. At all, even if you think there are, there's just, just nothing like, wrong with you. Yeah, just like the circle on the cover of the book. You're whole and complete. And we're all so hard on ourselves. Yes. And we think that that's an effective form of motivation. And it's not. It's not. Um, being hard on ourselves does not lead to inspiration. Mm. It can lead to getting things done, but we're always going to, it's like a it's bucket with holes. End, so we yeah. just feel empty. And so we get out of our compensatory strategies when we start to see what our superpowers are. And mm-hmm. all of us have superpowers, our, our unique ones. Well, my main one, there's, there's, there's you know, many, but a, one that I use a lot is intuition. Uh-huh. You know, it's been one for What's your birthday? a long time. Nine, nine, some Virgo. Oh, that's yeah. an intuitive birthday? Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> With the signs? <laughs> I guess, Virgos is are it? kind of intuitive. Are yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, astrologists <laughs> can correct me on that one. Sure. Um, but, but that's, if, your, that's your superpower, intuition. Yeah, intuition. And, and within mm. that are things like love and compassion and yes. all of those things. And so support and, support and understanding and those things that come naturally to you. Because here's the thing with most people. like Most people don't even realize what their gifts are because they come mm. so naturally. And we think that what makes us unique or what makes us great has to be this thing that this skill that we've struggled to adapt, that we've, you know, had to become masterful at. Sure. But really it's just those things that come naturally. And that's why you become a coach, because you're intuitive. Yeah. Most coaches are great at intuition. It, yeah, exactly. And it's it's also, you know, the, the the empathy, the sensitivity, all of that. And we all are intuitive. We all have yeah, a, a, yeah. a lot of superpowers. And when we start to come from that place of what makes us unique and what our gifts are, then we move from a place of inspiration rather than motivation. Yeah. And everybody has them. And I think the key is we, we can't look at someone else and compare. We get into these comparison comas, I call so them. So many people do this. <gasps> I mean, I do this. Everyone does this. It's I, human. I feel like, yeah. It's human. And so when... So how do we not compare ourselves? Well, I'll tell you what to do when we do. Because okay, it's yeah. kind of like, how do we not expe- have expectations, yeah, right? it's always going to be there. Yeah, that's always going to... It's how do we work with these things that are just naturally human. Sure. Like, hello, we're human. Let's be... <laughs> let's, let, like, let's normalize normal. Yeah. So when I find myself comparing, there's two things that can happen. One is, all right, what do I see in that person that I can learn from that I really want to model, mm. right? Um, and then that, that this is the good news about comparison. I can't see in you, Lewis, anything that is not in me. Of course. I wouldn't be able to recognize it. it. If you spot it, you got it good and bad. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of talk about negative projection, Uh but there's positive projection too. So if I'm, um, jealous of your, let's say success or something like that, or if I'm comparing Mm -hmm. myself to you, that means I'm not fully owning my gifts and my success. Mm -hmm. So when you find yourself comparing yourself to someone, I tell people to, to write. Like when I look at you, I see, I feel you are like, like really get a snapshot of what you're seeing when you're comparing or what you're jealous of right. and look at how you need to own that about yourself mm. instead of beating yourself up and thinking right. you're less than, which isn't true. And there's, and P.S., there's enough abundance to go around. A lot. Oh, there's so much. A it's lot. infinite. <laughs> it's it's infinite. Lot. Just because somebody else has it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you can't can't don't have well. your form of it. Exactly. Now you talk about 
replacing expectations with values. Mm-hmm. Why do you suggest that and how do we go about that? Well, because expectations are elusive, right? They're not even real, mm. but the, and they're, extrin- they're ex- external. They're, yes. they're wanting something outside of there. But our values are things that are more, again, essence-driven and right. less form-driven. And when we're moving toward our values, then we're not so attached to the form. Right. So, for example, um, I'll use the example because so I, so I'm a woman, and most women feel a desire to have a baby. Uh-huh. Okay, and they put that expectation on like it. By a certain right? time, if it's yeah, not a certain time now. or like whatever. But if you look at kind of most women also value love. They value connection. They uh-huh. value creativity. I would say most people, especially women, those will be on their list sure. somewhere. Um, having a child isn't the only way to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I get, I get fulfilled that way by working with people, nurturing people, writing books, creating yeah. all those types of things. And so if I keep my eye on my values rather than expectation, then I'm going to have less expectation hangovers mm-hmm. because if I'm value driven, then I'm creating those intrinsic experiences that live into those values. And then we live more mission driven lives yeah. than we do like external stuff driven lives. Sure. Which, sure. you know, isn't the conditioning, but I think we're moving more and more towards that. Yeah, yeah. You talk about the important, why it's important to have three core values. Why is it significant to have three? Core values. Well, three is one of those special numbers in terms of numerology. If you think of like three points, that's the first time like a shape is formed. When you have like three things, you can you can put a form on it. Sure. Um, so it's just a it's it's a powerful number. It's even though it's a three and it's an odd number, not an even. It's a very whole number. And when we th- when we do things and think in terms of threes, that's just something that our unconscious mind can sure, wrap wrap sure. around. But you can have. I mean, it's not a rule. It's just yeah. a, it's just. I, I like to tell people, look, what I say is a buffet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Take take what one, resonates yeah. and leave the rest behind. Yeah, I've had a lot of. I've got five core values that kind of live on now principles but i've had 10 i've had you know when i was a kid it was like whatever 20 who knows but you want to do it you want to do the exercise and i take you in the book how to do that and and really really get clear and 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 make every choice either internally or externally is this moving me towards my values yeah and if it's not it's a no yes yes i agree and always come from that place that Mm -hmm. that foundation Mm mm-hmm you have a commitment contract you talk about. What is that? Well, back to self-trust and how important self-trust is. The person we break our agreements with most is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we don't trust ourselves, it's, it's setting ourselves up for another expectation hangover. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our journeys here is, is these humans is to reparent ourselves. Some of us really hit the jackpot when it comes to parents. Some of us didn't. Right. And true. we just kind of we can be angry about that and use our childhood issues as a reason why we don't have what we want or we can accept it. That doesn't mean we have to like it, but we can accept it, stop being a victim of it and start to parent ourselves in the way that we wanted to be parented. And one of the ways we do that is to keep our commitments with ourselves. So a commitment contract is actually writing out agreements that you're going to keep with yourself and signing it and putting them up and being your word yeah just like you are being your word you know just like i showed up here at one o'clock today because we had a commitment do i show up for myself in the things that i'm doing just for me or do i break those agreements so like if you're listening right now really think about that like are you better at showing up for other people than you are keeping your agreements Mm -hmm. to yourself interesting interesting okay i like that uh so that's the third part 
And the fourth part is the spiritual. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I say one more thing about the behavioral part? Sure. The, um, and, and on this level, we, we play the scientists. So we're becoming more observers of ourselves. This is, this is key for people. We are excellent at judging ourselves. Uh-huh. The more you judge yourself, the more you're just going to be on the hamster wheel. You change your behavior when you start observing yourselves like a scientist does a gorilla in a zoo right. and, and seeing what you're doing and what, what the results are and tracking your behavior and modifying it and things like that without the judgment. We've got to stop judging ourselves. We How don't, do we let go of judgment? Well, when we catch ourselves in the act, we forgive ourselves for judging ourselves, mm. right? And, and rather than make ourselves wrong, it's like, what do I want to add, modify, or change? You know, sure. what, what can I do in this situation? Um, it's sort of like the serenity prayer, you know, accept, how does it go? Um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the mm. wisdom to know the things I can and the courage to know the difference or something mm. like that. Um, but really becoming discerning. Yeah. That's, that's the word, discernment over judgment. Judgment yeah. has an opinion. Judgment has a charge. You know, it, it, it's, it gets us nowhere. But we're, yeah. we're, we're like judging machines. It's another hard habit <laughs> to break. But it's, if we can move into observing. And the difference between judging and, and discerning, discerning means. Discerning means. Being, like, having, having the judgment to understand what's the difference between what's going to serve you and what's not going to serve you. Judgment has an opinion or a charge. Discernment is just like yes or no. Gotcha. Like, like chicken or fish. Okay. Yes or no. Yeah. You know, um, looking at other people's behavior and going, nope, that's not someone I want to engage with. Right. Instead of, they're such a jerk. That's, right. that's judgment. Yes. Or seeing yourself do something and go, wow, like, I didn't really like the way I behaved in that. I'm going to behave differently rather than, why did I do this? Oh my gosh. Because another thing I talk about in the book a lot is regret, which people get trapped in and it's completely pointless. It's like using the information you have now something to go back in time yeah, and beat you yourself do. up for what you didn't know then. It's, it's a complete waste of energy. Right, right. I, I agree with that. That's why I like to do everything um, so that I won't regret it. Yeah. I'll take on something because I don't want to regret it later. But if I you, think I might regret it, I'm like, let's do it. Yep. Let's go after it and try it. At least I know I went for it. At least you know you went for it. Exactly. Yeah. But a big part of that is because you're clear on your values. Yes, exactly. So you always knew what you, you know what you're I know moving what I want, towards. I go after it. Exactly. I don't like think about it. I'm just like, let's go. Um, <laughs> I love it. So in the spiritual section. Yes. Is the spiritual section about a religion? No. And what is spirituality? You know, everybody can have their own definition of spirituality. To me, it's being connected to something greater than yourself, some higher power. Okay. It can be nature. Call it God, divine, spirit, Allah, I, you know. To me, it's not a um, organized religion, although if that's what works for you, great. But I think we all, we all have this human need to feel connected to something mm -hmm. bigger than ourselves. And I think when we don't have some kind of spiritual connection, our expectations of others are way out of control. So having a connection to a higher power, whatever that is for you, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you're not separate, knowing that everything right. really is happening for a reason if you don't know what the reason is, and actually making that more of a relationship. I think that people um, you know, either have negative experiences with religion or you know, feel completely kind of disconnected from spirituality in general and don't know where to begin. Right. But you know, all of us have that connection. So a lot of times people say, well, we need to learn to love ourselves. We need to learn how to feel connected to God or spirit again. And I say we need to remember 
because we came in connected. We came in right. knowing all of those things. We already have it. We already have it. And so really it's just a process. You don't of, have to find it. It's no, already there. It's already there. Yeah. It's a process of remembering, you know, and some people, it's their expectation hangovers that put them on a spiritual path. I mean, sure. I know it was for me. I had a suicidal moment on my bathroom floor and it turned into a spiritual awakening where I, for the first time in my life, felt this unbelievable love, like in mm. compassion. And it just overtook me. Uh, and it, it only lasted for a moment because my mind came in pretty quick and was like, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, started analyzing started and judging. Started analyzing and judging and trying to make sense of it. Um, <laughs> But we can't put those experiences into form or to yeah. words. And a lot of people, you know, get are, have those brought to their knees moment. I was just reading, um, again, like I'm a nerd, so I like research. Part of, You've probably heard of post-traumatic stress, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So there's also, have you heard of post-traumatic growth? No. So there's all this research right now that um, is documenting how from a traumatic incident, people have their biggest growth periods. I believe it. Yeah. I mean... I yeah. live that for sure. And that's why I'm so excited when someone has an expectation hangover because I'm like, if you leverage this, if that you milk this, it's a huge doorway. Huge. Right. Interesting. Um, I never thought about it that way, but all my biggest hangovers or breakdowns have turned into big breakthroughs Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Yep. Huh. Yep. So if we can I embrace like them and go, what am I learning? Now, here's the thing. In between, and this is another reason I wrote this book, because I hear so many inspirational stories of people who had the breakdown and now they're at the breakthrough, but like, what's the middle? <laughs> like, what right. do you do in the middle, right? Like, so if I have, if I'm holding a bottle of water and I want to put it down and pick up like a bottle of juice, I have to put down the bottle of water and then as I'm reaching for the juice, there's that in-between period, right? The chaos period and in-between the breakdown and the breakthrough, there's all the disassembly that happens when sure. things feel like kind of a mess yeah. and kind of scary. And you have to know that that's part of it and, and learn how to leverage that and not try to avoid it or try to get to feeling better right away because all the kind of good juicy part is in the chaos. Sure, sure. Huh. What is living in out not out in what well, kind of what we talked about before about like wanting that external thing to bring me the happiness rather than creating it intrinsically and gotcha. then seeing the opportunities that come in. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, can you explain the soul line and goal line? Yeah. So uh, I studied at the University of Santa Monica, which is the only place that offers master's degrees in spiritual psychology, uh -huh. which is an awesome program. Well, what is it? Spiritual psychology? Spiritual psychology. Oh, wow, interesting. And we talk about how there's two lines in life, the goal line, which is all the physical stuff, money, relationships, uh, jobs, like just physical world reality stuff that everybody's obsessed with. Right. And that's more the of a, line. that's a, that's a horizontal line. Yeah. And, uh -huh. all, and really all that happens on that line is you just get more, <laughs> you just get more of whatever. Right. The soul line is a vertical line. And at the top of that, you can imagine love, connection, all those kind things. Kind of like your purpose line, Yeah, right? your purpose line. And these are all your life lessons. And to me, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And everybody's searching for their life purpose. It's not in some job. Yeah. Um, it's not. Or a relationship. It's really in our life lessons, what we're here to learn. We just kind of come back as how we started, right. you know? And the soul line are those life lessons that we learn. And that's where expectation hangovers happen. It's like, what am I learning from this rather than why is this happening? Mm. And as we resolve things on the soul line, you know, that kind of personal growth line, that, that, like I said, life lesson line, things on the goal line start to match up and start to emerge and move in a way that's more aligned with, with who we truly line. are. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Rather than our conditioning. Because we create a lot from our ego. 
And when we're matching both those up, it probably seems like people, when you see individuals who have those two matched up, it probably seems like everything they do works and yeah. is effective and they're just killing it on every level and they're happy. And yes. They're life gets a lot easier. easier. Right? Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I look at my life now and there's not too much upset. There's bumps yeah. because I'm human. And yeah. again, that's how I grow. Life's pretty good. Life's pretty good, you <laughs> yeah. know? And and what that's what you'll notice as you do this work is sure. that the time between expectation hangovers gets longer and the time you spend in kind of the suffering of them and the, the learning part right. gets shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you understand you've been there before, so you understand right. how to go through it. You have it. the tools and you trust exactly. yourself. And, and and there's no there. Yeah. I don't, you know, there's no there. Yeah. Anyone who's enlightened is probably not on this planet. Yeah. And you've got some, for, for those that get the book, I highly recommend it. There's some really cool prayers that you can use mm-hmm. on page 177 of the book I have and maybe a different page, but in the spiritual section. So make sure to go through those prayers. There's guided visualizations too yes. and meditations that yes. you can download for free of me reading them to you. Those are expect- That's at expectationhangover.com slash bonus, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, you, what's the secret sauce for pursuing oh, the goals? Oh, the secret sauce. Okay. So there's all kinds, there's different ways to perceive our goals. Most people uh, do it with a lot of attachment. That uh-huh. sets you up from expectation hangover, for expectation They're hangover. Attached They're attached to the attached to it, which means that my worthiness, my happiness, my sense of self depends on, they have so much riding on the outcome, so much riding on the outcome, right? So it's the secret sauce is pursuing our goals with high intention and involvement, meaning I'm giving it everything I got, I'm giving it my focus, I'm giving it my commitment, I'm not breaking my word with myself, but low attachment, Mm. meaning my worthiness doesn't depend on it. My self-care isn't suffering in pursuit of it. I'm not making the outcome mean anything mm. about me. Mm. No, and, and that's the thing. It, it's sort of, and that's what I'm practicing with, you know, this book right now and releasing it is doing right. everything I can, high involvement without sacrificing my values. I like that. Without sacrificing my self care and without its success meaning anything about me as a person. More of people are like, well, I need to sacrifice because I don't have the time right now i've got kids i've got that's a story mm. and what does sacrifice mean you know do you look at i can't take care of myself because i've got no time in the day I, i've got all these other people to take care of and there's three jobs and story you know taking care of yourself a day could be 5 minutes of meditation in the morning mm. 5 minutes at night sure you can just it doesn't take that much longer to eat a little cleaner right you know you can cut out caffeine and sugar drinks there's always sure. things to do so i just lovingly challenge people to look at the excuse you because we're meaning making machines and we're really good reason makers we're really good at making excuses and there's this another unconscious belief Lewis that I think a lot of us carry around is that in order to like achieve something great we have to sacrifice it's like this old penance thing that I think we're carrying around sure and you don't and that and and this is where having a spiritual connection also comes in handy the way I do my to-do list every day I write the date. Why, why are you laughing already? I haven't even told you. The way you looked at me when you oh. said that. <laughs> I'm like, so, because I, I love this. So I write the date uh-huh. and I write me on one side, divide uh-huh. a line, and then write God on the other or universe, spirit, whatever word you want to use. And so I write down the things that I need to take care of. Uh-huh. And then I'd like write down the things that I'd like the universe's help with. Yeah. Everything from no traffic to an appointment to if I need to have a, con- a, a, a 
conversation with someone that I'm a little nervous about, I'll ask for help with that. And what's interesting is the longer I've been Whoa, doing this, the shorter my list gets and the longer kind of the universe's list gets. So also realizing surrendering, surrendering and asking for like asking for help. I think that's another thing that people that say they don't have time aren't good at asking for help mm. from either from both a higher power and from other people in your life. Sure. A lot of people struggle with yeah, that. Yeah, there's no badge of honor for doing everything on your own. Yeah. There's more questions I want to ask, but I want to get, let people the opportunity to, to get the book. I highly recommend it, Expectation Hangover, Overcoming Disappointment in Work, Love, and Life. And I've got two final questions for you. Where can we get the book first? Just expectationhangover.com? Well, actually, Amazon, bookstores, Barnes & Noble, it's it's out there, or expectationhangover.com. And then your main website? ChristineHassler.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, or you can go to expectationhangover.com. All of it. All of it works. Okay. Um, what, whatever you do, this is, a, this is one of my coping strategies that I, I, is one of my favorites in terms of avoiding expectation hangovers, is I tell people, don't go to a Chinese restaurant and expect to get nachos. So that comes to people in your life. I think that's one of the things that we do a lot. We expect people to be what we want them to be instead sure. of accepting them for who they are. Mm. So I don't go to a Chinese restaurant. Even if I bring nacho ingredients, they're not going to know how to make them. Right. You know, so be, be conscious of what you're expecting of people in terms of being realistic and not setting yourself up for an expectation hangover. And mm. remember, whatever you're yearning for from out there for someone else is really something that you're looking for inside yourself. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Two final questions. Okay. First one is, what are you most grateful for recently? Oh, most grateful for recently. <laughs> Every, honestly, now that I'm doing more um, interviews for the book and talking about it more, every expectation hangover I've ever had and every one that I've been able to witness that other people have had, it's shown me so much just about the human spirit and about what we all go through and about how within each of us, we have this tremendous capacity and capability to thrive mm. no matter what our circumstances are. And it's often in those moments that we find our greatest power and potential. Mm. Okay. And the last one is what's your definition of greatness? Oh yeah. That question. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, I knew you were going to ask it, but I didn't think, think about it. You know, Lewis, it's, it's who we are. It's not anything we have to become. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's our essence. It's all of us. We are all greatness. Mm. That's just, that's it. And it's just remembering that and removing any story or any belief that tells us we aren't. I like it. It's not finding it. It's no, remembering it's it. It's remembering it and, and being it and accepting your version of it. Mm. It's good. I like that. It's a good one. <laughs> well, Christine, I appreciate you. I acknowledge you for mm -hmm. this incredible work you're doing. Obviously, I know you had to go through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering to experience what you've experienced, mm -hmm. to have the journey and the quest of writing about this and practicing it over and over and supporting other people in this work. So I really acknowledge everything wow. you've been up to, mm -hmm. how much emotions you've been through, good and you know stressful <laughs> and uh it's truly a blessing that yeah. you're doing this work and supporting so many people so thank Aww. you and i'm extremely grateful for you i'm extremely grateful for you too thank you yeah. so much lewis for the work that you're doing and and i just yeah i, I love it all just love being in this conversation and yeah <laughs> awesome thanks so much
there you have it, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the School of Greatness podcast. Make sure to go back to the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 95 to get all the information, the links to Christine's book and her website over there. Again, lewishouse.com slash 95. Also, big shout out to all the Dave Asprey fans who I met at the biohacking conference in Pasadena recently. Uh, I was on Dave's Bulletproof Executive podcast uh, recently and saw a bunch of people that said hi to me. And I appreciate you guys so much for uh, for saying hi and sharing your stories and letting me know what you're up to. So big shout out to Dave. And again, if you guys see me anywhere at conferences or out or at a speech, just uh, come up and say hi. I'm pretty friendly. Give me a hug. And I would love to hear what you're up to, what your favorite episode is, and what your definition of greatness is. So again, thank you guys so much. Please share this over on Twitter and Facebook, lewishouse.com slash 95. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang and Alufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range in a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.